You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Timothy chapter number 2, if I can can keep the wind from blowing my pages over, I'll read just a few verses here, and uh, we'll try to help you uh, through the Word of God tonight. Aren't you thankful for a good King James Bible tonight? I don't just use the King James. I believe it's God's infallible, inerrant, forever settled in heaven. I mean, it's God's Word, man. Amen. The Bible said here in uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I want to be able to live that verse out. I want to be able to commit to another generation uh, what I've heard men instill in me. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's, that's my desire. I don't want to tweak things a little bit and just change things just a little bit because the end of that is just total, total compromise. The Bible said in verse number 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Notice verse number 5. This is what I'm interested in tonight. Paul tells Timothy, he said, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. And so Paul here is writing to young Timothy some of Paul's last words. He's, He's reminding Timothy that, believe it or not, there are some possible rewards for the, for the child of God. In the, in the future days, Paul is telling this young man that if you'll just stay faithful to what God's called you to do, He'll reward you for it. I stand here this evening and, man, with all humility, I, I've not figured it out. I don't understand really why God ever saved me to begin with, but... Then on top of that, though I, I, none of us deserve to spend eternity in heaven with Him, but in, 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 in spite of that, or on top of that, He's going to give us some rewards for our service here on this life. Now you theologians here tonight, you, you explain that to me after the service. I ain't got that figured out yet. But young people, listen. It's so easy in our day to get concerned about what's going on in this present moment and we lose sight of the end reward that God has for us. The Bible talks of that I've been able to find and read behind great men. I, I, I've, I've been instructed, been informed of five crowns mentioned in the New Testament. There's a crown of life, and men call that the martyr's crown. You can read about that in James chapter 1, and then again in Revelation chapter number 2. And there's a crown to men and women that will stand for truth in such an extensive way that they're willing to give up their life for, for biblical doctrine and Bible truth. They'll die a martyr's death. And there's a reward for that crown. 
But the Bible tells us in the book of James, he said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And I, I don't understand all these rewards, but man, I believe that, that, that a man or a woman, a young person can, can get a reward for being faithful through tribulations in your life and, and temptations and struggles along the way. Not only is there a crown of life, there's a crown of glory. This is considered in 1 Peter 5, the pastor's crown. Some of us will probably not be able to obtain that crown, but you men of God in here tonight leading a flock of God's people, you must be reminded that, man, praise God, one of these days, all those sleepless nights and all the open heart surgeries and the stress and all the loss of hair and, and man, listen, losing friends and family members over your position for your congregation. Glory to God tonight. I've got good news to remind you that there are some rewards that are awaiting you. There's a crown of life. There's a crown of glory. There's a crown of rejoicing. And I read that this is the soul winner's crown, 1 Thessalonians. Can I remind you tonight, young people, that if you'll just be a faithful witness and, and man, every time the Holy Ghost pricks your heart to say something to somebody in a fast food restaurant or somebody in a shopping mall or somebody in a hotel, in an elevator somewhere, wherever it may be when God the Holy Ghost begins to swell up in your heart and say, I need you to tell them about me and what I've accomplished at the cross of Calvary. There will be a reward for the soul winner on judgment day. The crown of life, the crown of glory, the, the crown of rejoicing. Then I read in 1 Timothy 4 about a crown of righteousness. This is a, this is a reward for the person who, who has a heart-beating desire to see the Lord return again. The Bible, Brother John writes over there, 1 John 2.28, he said, Abide in Him that when He shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. I'm afraid this evening there's going to be a lot of young people. There's going to be a lot of middle-aged people. There's going to be a lot of white-haired saints in our congregations. Uh, when the trumpet sounds, uh, uh, many of us will be ashamed before Him at His coming. But I've got good news tonight. Young people, uh, if you'll get on fire for God... Uh, and take it back to the house with you. Uh, there will be a reward for the one uh, on every day of your life. Uh, you get up not concerned uh, with your fleshly desires, uh, but you get up uh, with, a, with a longing desire uh, to see our Savior coming back for the church. Amen. Then there's a crown that's incorruptible. 1 Corinthians 9. This crown is for the one who lives and keeps a clean life. Amen. A clean, pure life. Well, that's some cuss words in pulpits today, isn't it? Purity, holiness, separation, all that kind of doings. But I'm telling you tonight that God's always been for it and He'll always be for it. And young people, can I tell you this evening, I may be getting ahead of myself, but it pays to live separated. It pays to live a holy, separated life for God. And so having mentioned these five crowns by way of introduction, I want to go back to our text and just, just really testify honestly. God knows my heart tonight. I'm burdened about the, the judgment seat of Christ. And man, listen, that's not some fairy tale that, that I've heard preachers preach. That's not some mystical something that I saw on a Disney Channel show 
Listen, that's not something that grandma and grandpa used to rock me to sleep about. But that's something that's found in the Word of God. And listen, we've got it backwards. These, these gospel music artists, they write these songs about how we're going to run off into heaven and jump into the arms of Jesus. But friend of mine, before that ever comes to pass, listen, you and I must go by the judgment seat first. There is a judgment coming, young people, for what we've done in this life for our Savior. Oh, God, help us in this hour to see that we are bound for the judgment seat. Back in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, I want to mention three things with this in mind. There are some requirements for the rewards. There are some requirements for these rewards. Paul, in verse 5, he said, Man, you can strive for the masteries, but you're not going to get them unless you strive lawfully. Look with me in verse number 3. He said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of of Jesus Christ. Can I say the first requirement to get a reward on judgment day is you must, listen, you must stay on the team. I think about the theme of of the youth meeting tonight. The prize. And it's got in mind the Olympics that are taking place at this moment. And friend, listen, can I say that these Olympic athletes, though they may be competing this evening, they are not going to get a reward. They will never get crowned on the, on the final day of that event uh, if they do not stay on the team. Now we understand tonight that we are not having to endure until the end for salvation. Uh, I mean, praise God, we've got eternal life. But I'm afraid tonight there's a lot of people on judgment day. They're going to be absent of some rewards. Uh, A lot of their works are going to burn up uh, because they did not stay on the team. Just real quickly this evening, can I say, some people don't stay on the team, they just quit. They simply quit on God. God does not quit them. They quit God. Listen, man, they get crooked at their youth pastor. They get crooked at the man of God. They get mad at their mom and their daddy. And they think they've got it all figured out. And they tuck tail and run to the world. And they quit on God. Young people, listen to me. God have mercy on you tonight. If that is your mentality, you will not receive a reward on judgment day. If you quit on God, I think about Demas tonight in the Word of God. There was a time, uh, the Bible said in Colossians 4, that he was with Luke doing the work of the Lord. And then in Philemon, he was a fellow laborer. But in 2 Timothy 4, old Demas is gone, the Bible said. Paul, in his last words to young Timothy, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Listen, friend, uh, listen, do not quit on God. Don't quit on God. It's never been time to quit on God. It's not time, nor will it ever be time. Uh, uh, Beloved, listen, uh, be steadfast uh, and unmovable always, uh, always, uh, always. Uh, Whether your mom and daddy go with you, whether the ones that are there tonight go with you, always abound in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as you know, uh, you labor. uh, What you're doing for God. Your labor is not in vain. There's a lot of things in life that are vain. There's a lot of things in this life that when it boils down, it's just plain foolish. But whatever you do for the glory of God, it is not in vain. 
Don't quit on God. Some people quit. Some people quit their team. Some people quit Olympics or whatever it is they're a part of, a baseball team, a football team, a basketball team. I don't know much about soccer, but I guess they quit that too. If I was playing soccer, I'd quit soccer. Hey, man, I'd go get on a baseball team. I'd get in a race car. I would get on a football team, something like that. I'd get in a boxing ring, something. Hey, man. Hey, man. Some people, they don't stay on the team simply because they just quit. Some people, they don't stay on the team because they get hurt. They get hurt. I read this afternoon about a a great athlete in the late 80s by the name of Bo Jackson. He was an All-American football and baseball player. One of the greatest that ever lived. And for four years, man, he was setting records. He was breaking records. But in four years, he was off the team because he got hurt. I read about a man by the name of Andrew Luck, a quarterback, football quarterback, NFL. Many of you young men know about him. If you don't know about him, you ought to know about him. Until they started kneeling for the flag, and now I'm against every bit of that mess. Amen? But Andrew Luck, for seven years, man, he, he was leading his team in the right direction. And he got, he got hit so hard one day that he had some etern- internal injuries. And he retired, I believe, at 29 years old. He's no longer on the team because he got hurt. Teenagers, can I tell you this evening, can I just be real with you? That there's going to come times in your Christian life where church people are going to let you down. There's going to come times in your Christian life where where so-called Christian people disappoint you. There's going to come times where preachers, man, let you down. But just because you get hurt, that does not give you a right to throw in the towel and get off the team. Some people get off the team because they quit. Some people get off the team because they get hurt. Some people are off the team tonight because they get in trouble. You ever heard of a man by the name of Johnny Manziel? I don't know if I can say this here, but he's just a thug. I mean, he, he's just, just good for nothing. I mean, I pray he gets saved, but the way he's living his life and acting, man, and leading our young men in, in that mess, I mean, that, that's pitiful. And he got kicked off his team. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He got kicked off of his team for, man, just, just being locked up and, and drugging and alcohol. And listen, he got in trouble and he got, he got kicked off the team. You remember a man by the name of Lance Armstrong, one of the great bicyclist of, of the 20th and 21st century and they caught him doing steroids and under God knows what else and they banned him not for just a month or a year or a decade but they banned him for life. He lost every, every reward that he had ever received because he got in trouble. And Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, Though I've preached to all these people He said, I keep in my body, He said, I keep 
unto my body under subjection, that, that, that myself, that I might not become a castaway. God used Paul, the man of God, in such a tremendous way. And man, he saw all the miracles that, that, that he was able to see and perform in that hour. But in the back of Paul's mind, he was worried about maybe someday losing some rewards and, and becoming a castaway. Paul was afraid that he would do something to mar his testimony in such an extensive way that God, for lack of better words, would set him up on a shelf. Pete Rose, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, was excommunicated from the MLB because he got caught gambling. Mickey Mantle and Willie May, man, they, they got in trouble after retirement. Boy, that's challenging to the, to the white-haired saints in here that are just sitting around waiting on the Lord to come back. I'm simply saying that the first requirement for these rewards, you've got to stay on the team. Number two, verse number five, he said, And if a man also strive for the mastery, yet he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. Number two, you're going to have to play by the rules. We're living in an hour where a lot of young people think they've got it all figured out and they're going to do it their way. But friend, listen to me, young people. If you don't do it God's way, on judgment day, it's going to be bad. You're going to have to play by the rules. Most sports that I follow and that I'm aware of, they have a, a book somewhere set aside that if they have any questions about what's going on on the field, they can go to that book, they can look in that book, and they can straighten out any problem that's going on. Teenagers, can I say we've got that book tonight? It's called a King James Bible. And it's got every answer for your life. It's got every answer for when if, if the Lord tears is coming. Listen. If the Lord doesn't come back before you meet your bride or meet your husband, the, the, the book right here in your lap, it's got every answer for your married life. It's got every answer for the church. Glory to God. It's got every answer for mankind. You've got to play by the rules. There's a book. There's boundaries. There's doctrinal boundaries. I mean, I believe there's boundaries for our actions. Paul said... He said, if I could speak as of angels and even as of men, if I have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Paul said, if I do not do what I'm supposed to do in the center of God's will for my life with the charity, which is God, God's love working through you, Holy Ghost manifested love, if you do it with the wrong motive, then it's not going to be good on judgment day. Man, I'm afraid that the hour that you and I are living in, young people, listen, it's all about me, it's all about I, it's a selfish, selfish day. But we must keep in mind that the Lord is keeping record of everything that we do. And it's not about such and such a ministry. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about Him. The greatest evangelistic tool in the Word of God is found in the Gospels when He said, If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Me. It's about Christ. We must watch our motive. But here's what I'm interested in. Here's the burden of my heart tonight, and I'm almost finished. The requirements for these rewards, you got to stay on the team. You got to play by the rules. But number three, 
You got to be on the team. There's several ways to get on a ball team that I'm aware of. You get drafted. That's a day every year for the NFL and other, other types of sports. And these higher-ups go to an go amphitheater or a football stadium and they watch these men run back and forth and they see the one they like and then they, they draft him or for lack of better words, they, they choose him. Can I say the Bible tells us in Luke chapter number 19 that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. I've got good news tonight, young people. If you're not on the team, you can get on the team. We may not qualify for some pro athlete sport. I saw some of you playing basketball today. You should have went over and played volleyball with the girls. Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm just honest. That's the only way I know to be. Amen. Honesty is what changed my life. Amen. Are you on the team tonight? Are you on the team? You ever read Matthew 7? Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for broad is the way, and wide is, is, is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Notice this, and many there be that go in there at... Then He said, Enter in at the, at the straight gate, for narrow is the way, and straight is the gate that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You know what that tells me? That not everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. Are you on the team tonight? He goes on to say that not everybody that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And he said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name done many wonderful works? You know what he says at the end of that verse, verse 21 or verse 22, he says, then I'm going to say unto you, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. It's kind of gotten quiet in here this evening, but I'm simply asking you tonight, young man, young lady, are you on the team? Some people are, are drafted or chosen. According to Luke 19, you've been chosen. He, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. There's no such thing as always being a Christian. Just because you come to church, just because you're here tonight, that's not going to get you to heaven. David said, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wherefore by man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sin. You were born a sinner. And because of that, it's not how bad you've sinned, it's just simply that you're a sinner. And you owe a price. And if you die without Christ, guess what? You're going to go to a devil's hell and you're going to pay on that price for all eternity. Everything that our Savior suffered at Calvary, that's exactly what the sinner is going to suffer in hell forever and ever and ever. Some men and women are drafted to be on teams. Some men simply qualify. 
Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, It's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, Of whom I am chief. One of my heroes of days gone by, he used to say that if God can save the chief, he'll have no problem with the Indians. Can I say tonight that you qualify to be on this team? You qualify. You know why? Because Romans 10, 13 says whosoever. You know what whosoever means in the Greek? It means whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you on the team tonight? Can I say that you could call up Michael Jordan and he could tell you the day that he was drafted to the Chicago Bulls. You could call Tom Brady and he could tell you about the day that he made the team for the New England Patriots. If we were able to talk to Kobe Bryant tonight, that he could tell you about the days that when, he was, when he was picked to be on that team. And the list goes on and on. I'm simply saying tonight, if you're on the team, you've got a time and a place in your life where you got on the team. Can I tell you real quickly about the day I got drafted and got on the team? <laughs> I tell you, I'm ashamed of a lot of things I was a part of, but it hadn't always been a blue, a blue suit and a, a tie and a pair of wingtip shoes. There was a time in my life when I began to re rebel against my mom and my dad and my grandparents and the way that I had been raised. I was about your age, most, most of your ages. I thought I had it all figured out. I didn't need to listen, listen to the preacher. I didn't need to listen to mom and dad and I could just go and figure out life myself. And I began to run with the wrong crowd at school and man, I began to make decisions that, 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 that were beyond foolish. There's probably some in here tonight, you're... you're possibly making some of those decisions. Before I knew it, I wasn't just following this crowd. I was, the, I was the leader of that crowd. They kicked me out of my high school. I had to go to a place. It was an alternative school. Bars on the window. Metal detectors. All of that mess. That was only the beginning. I, honestly, I don't have time to tell you everything I've seen and been a part of. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to my family. It's embarrassing to my, my in-laws. It's embarrassing to my church. It's just flat out embarrassing. My life was spiraling out of control. I had a lot of friends and some family members. I, I, I could hear them whispering throughout, throughout our town, man, he's done went too far. There ain't no hope for him. My grandparents got a burden for their long-haired, worldly-living, wicked-living grandson. They come by one night and they had been witnessing to me and they crammed me in the back seat of their car and they took me down to a little old bitty town in, in North Georgia. There was a revival meeting going on. The primitive quartet was playing across the radio speakers in that car and my granddad had me so... so I mean, I was so messed up under conviction by the time I got to the parking lot of that church, I really didn't have enough strength to get out and walk in the doors of that place. Then on top of that, he took me to the back room where all the deacons and the preachers pray 
before the service. And I wanted to tell those men, hey man, y'all are praying for me. There ain't no sense in going any further. I need to get saved. But listen, I was under so much conviction I couldn't breathe. They got through praying. We went back out into the, into the, into the sanctuary. The choir sang. The preacher preached. And then the, the preacher, the pastor of that church got up and gave an invitation. And I remember standing back there with white knuckles holding on to that church pew thinking, what's my grandparents going to think? What's my buddies that have been calling my cell phone that's out in the car? What are they going to think? What are all these people in here going to think? And they kept saying, we're going to sing this one more time. I've never heard that phrase so much in my life. I don't know how many times they sang that song, but man, they, they, I mean, they just kept singing it, kept singing it. Finally, by the grace of God, I let go of that church pew. And I made my way down to an old-fashioned altar. And I'll be honest with you, I don't remember what I prayed, but I remember my granddad coming up and putting his hand on my back. And when I got up and turned around and walked back to that church pew, man, I just felt different. I, I'll be honest, I didn't cry that night. I did not even tell my grandparents anything. I just got in the car and went home. I got home, I took my cell phone, cut it off, and threw it out in the yard. I went out there and began to clean out all the CDs and all that mess that I'd been listening to. That was 11 years ago. You say, what happened? Well, the psalmist said it like this in Psalms 40 verse 2. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Paul said it like this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. Old things are passed away. Glory to God. And behold, all things are become new. My question to you tonight, child of God, Listen, what are you doing to get people, amen, on the team? And if you're here tonight and you don't have a time in your life where you got on the team, why don't you get on the team tonight? Can I say the thief on the cross, he had a time and place where he got on. Paul had a time on the Damascus Road. The Ethiopian eunuch, he had a time and a place. The Philippian jailer, he had a time. There was 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, they had a time and a place. Do you? Can I just... The only way I know how to be is just real. And so, let me do it like this just for a minute. I'm almost done. Brother Evan, when did you get saved? Just real quick. 25 years ago. Miss Russ, I saw her back there somewhere. Miss Russ, when did you get saved? Just real quick. Eight years ago. ago. Dr. Treeper, when did you get saved? 1956. Brother Russ, when did you get saved? Brother Flood, what a. August 1st, 2003, without any hesitation. If I were to come to you tonight and ask you, Would you have to look down and look around and get nervous? Or could you stand and tell me when you got on the team? I'm simply saying tonight, teenagers, it pays to serve God. I don't have time to tell you all the blessings He's bestowed in my life. I wish I could. I I, I invite you to run me down after the service so I can tell you. I want to tell you. It pays to serve God. But to do that and be effective and get rewards on Judgment Day, you've got to be on the team. Are you on the team?
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.